Today's episode features Brett McCoy of Huck Cycles. He builds e-bikes for people who don't suck. Yeah, that's, that's probably you. Now, don't you just run out though and think you're going to get your hands on one of these sweet babies. The supply chain has them all kinds of backed up. Do take a good look at their Rebel model though, for when they fire up the factory again. Trust me, this was a truly great little combo from a jovial guy building a great product, employing good folks, and doing it all right here in the US of A. I'm glad we have guys like Brett building awesome stuff the right way, empowering us into the electric future. Welcome to the Brand Manual. Today on the Brand Manual, we have Brett McCoy, and um, he hails from the great state of North Carolina, and they build Huck Cycles, and you've got to go online, you've got to check out what they're doing. Um, They basically marry this badass design of vintage bikes with um, electric power so that you're not dripping oil and gas everywhere. It's phenomenal. The The purchase price of these things ranges from like four to six K. Um, they're gorgeous. You can customize them. It's amazing stuff. But but uh, I just want to say, Brett, thank you so much for being uh, on the show today. And uh, it's an honor to have you. And we have tons of questions for you. Awesome. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. So, Brett, tell us how you got involved in this. I know you came out of agency life, but you jumped into this. Uh, what drew you into it, and uh, how's it been going? Uh, yeah, great question. So, I um, I had jumped out of the agency world into the corporate life and found myself as a senior executive at a financial institution. I will not name the financial <laughs> institution. Um and the job was great. The money was great. I had a global role with a big team, but I was not fulfilled creatively. So I started um, a hobby on the side to build myself an electric bike that I would feel um, cool riding around on. And a lot of the options in the market at the time um, just felt more like toys. So I, I took an old vintage design. I drew it out on a piece of plywood, traced it, and then uh, cut it out took it to a bunch of shops and found someone who had helped me build my very first bike. And that's wow. sort of how we started. Holy crap. You're taking some, uh, you're taking some significant and kind of wild swings agency yes. life to financial to electric. Yes. How's, yes. How, was, I mean, how is that? Jumps. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a big change, right? Going from corporate life. Um, I stayed with my full-time job for a year while Huck was ramping up had employees on the side, uh, building bikes all day. And I would come in at night and do six to eight hours of work after my full-time job. So yeah, it's, uh, it's what it takes, right? Oh my gosh. Are you married? I am married. I have two, uh, awesome little boys. So it was a stress on life for a while, but (laughs) I jumped full-time back in February this year and, uh, you know, the middle of COVID and pandemics, but it's what it takes. Come on. So, you know, I spent quite a bit of time on the website and uh, my wife doesn't know it yet, but I'll be ordering one of these <laughs> shortly. You. Yeah, Appreciate um, the absolutely. Um, uh, I'll, I'll just ask for forgiveness, I think. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it, you can customize these things. 
Um, there's different, um, you know, range, uh, and, and the battery thing I'm, I'm fascinated personally, as we've experienced a year where supply chain is a a huge issue in manufacturing, you've got battery sourcing. I mean, how, how does, you know, being a smaller shop in North Carolina, how has this year been in terms of supply chain, that sort of thing? Um, so it's it's been a nightmare, I'll be honest, right? So we launched full time as Huck Cycles um, last March, um, two days before the shutdown happened, and gosh. it has been chaos every day since, right? Yeah, um, you know, and having spent a career in marketing and brand, where you know my role was to help drive sales and increase you know awareness, uh, that's not been our problem over the last, you know, 15, 16 months, it's been fulfilling orders um, that customers, you know, are placing because of the supply chain issues, the driver shortages, the rubber shortages, the metal shortages, customs issues, right? Um, Not to get political, but changes within our political structure that have impact relationships with other countries. All of that has had substantial impact on our business um, and we can tr- continue to push through it but uh, you know those are hurdles that that we face mm-hmm. uh, you're kind of in the same space as um, I, I don't even know what you call this kind of space that you're in but it's like not quite extreme but it is adventure um, gear mm-hmm. uh, but the electric power of it, it's a little bit tech. I mean, you're kind of all over the place. It's also lifestyle. So yeah. 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 But you're in the same space with, with companies like one wheel, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, we have shifted, um, I would say over the last probably eight months or so to be maybe in a, in a category that's just sort of starting out. So where one wheel and some of the other e-bikes sit in this play and toy yeah. or lifestyle space, we've moved into this vehicle replacement space. Okay. So our bikes come with a VIN. You can register them so you can ride it legally on the road and replace a gas-powered vehicle um, with oh. with our ride. So oh, yeah, you're playing a bigger game. Kind of a different category. We're not quite to where the Zeros or the Harleys, you know, the big guys are. We, we sit in this middle space. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. So... Presumably, these other companies, all the way from Harley, all the way to One Wheel, they're also facing shortage uh, supply chain problems as well. Does it is it kind of comforting to think you're not in the, you're in a similar boat as them? Yeah, I mean, at, at some level, yes. I think um, you know, as a as a culture in the U.S., we have become accustomed to Amazon like services, right? right. Um, somebody will place an order today and call me tomorrow and expect that it's in the mail, right? <laughs> where's, where's my um, bike? Yeah, they do. Right. right. And it, that's everything from a whole bike to an accessory. So the patience that we have as a, as a nation is very, very small because of groups like Amazon and Zappos, right. And, mm-hmm. and all the brick and mortars that you can get it today. So that has been our biggest struggle. We've been fortunate that many of our customers, um, you know, they follow our model. We, we want customers that don't suck. And many of our customers sit in that category. So they've been very gracious with us, uh, very patient with us. They understand, they follow the news. They know that 
Um, you know, you can't get aluminum right now. And if you can, it's three, four times the price, right? Mm, um, mm. And they understand those things and they've been patient. Um, there's only uh, so much stress stress with that patience, right? But um, Yeah, you try not yeah. to violate that, but exactly. you can't, it is reasonable, I think. Yeah, there really truly are uh, forces that are really beyond your control. So Absolutely. Yeah. Fascinating. We had COVID hit the shop a couple of weeks ago and then the flu and, you know, at 10 people, you have to quarantine and move people away and you can't come in the shop. And, it, you know, those are big um, situations that impact delivery times and production. Yeah. But um, it is what it is, right? We can't, we can't influence it. We can't change it. So we roll but with it. I heard, I heard a friend uh, just the other day say that there's now in corporate America or industrial America, there's, there are two types of owners. There are those that are waiting for it to all be over still. And then there are those that are just fighting through it. Yeah. And there's, which of those two categories do you think is going to win? I was like, that's pretty good. That's strong. I'm fighting. I'm fighting through it. Right. Right. That's all we can do. What is, what is a typical lag time? Like if I put my order in today, are we talking two months? Are we talking six months? Are you still shopping? I, yeah, a little bit. Uh, uh, <laughs> you're shopping. So when we launched, um, our, our initial time was about eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point last year when things were, or actually earlier this year, we got to about seven weeks. And then it quickly went to 10, 12, 14 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Currently, we have some customers that are probably at 15 weeks uh, because of some delays and parts and components that we just, we can't get right. Um, here right now. We also right. have a very different business model than most that we compete with. So we fabricate as much as we can in the U.S. So our frames come from the U.S., our tanks, our seats. Um, we build a lot of our custom componentry here. Many of our competitors are having an entire bike built in China or Taiwan and then shipped over. So labor shortages here impact me. Trucking shortages here impact me. They might not impact a competitor, right? So mm-hmm. my business model is sort of fighting against me, but I'm not going to move overseas. We're going to stay in the U.S. We're going to keep hiring um, Americans to do the work and Heck yeah. um, just fight through the problems. Yeah, come on. I think that you have a um, a more heartfelt kind of product and subsequently a heartfelt kind of brand. I mean, it comes through on your website. Like this feels like America. It's kind of nuts. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was crafted or if that's just incidental. I think it has to do with the nature of our product being vintage, you know, vintage American styling. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, we are building in the U S so our fabrication looks that way feels that way. Our partners look that way and feel that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And the audience that we've gone after has been that audience. So um, yeah, I I appreciate that. It definitely taps into uh, an American sensibility. It's, it's McQueen jumping the barbed wire fence and the great escape. There's something that feels like yeah, you got a little James Dean in there. Yeah. 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 And if you, if you get say the overlander, uh, model right which doesn't you said uh, on the website says doesn't have the vin number right so this is really something that's supposed to just be on trails is that right yeah, yeah. so can you you have an overlander a stinger a fury and a rebel so what are you doing with each of those in those specific ways 
So each of those bikes fits a different audience mm -hmm. um, or customer base or the same customer, but different uses, right? So the Stinger and the Rebel are vehicle replacement, right? So they're your daily moped driver. It's an easy entry to the electric market um, to replace a vehicle, commute around town, um, and have a registrable vehicle in most states without a license. You don't need a motorcycle license. Hmm. The Fury sits on the motorcycle side, so that's for someone more experienced, looking for a higher speed um, vehicle. And on the other side of that spectrum is the Overland, which is the, you know, the dirt bike playing in the woods, take it hunting, take it to the beach, ride it when you're camping, um, some more pure play um, and some utility functionality to it. Cool. Damn. What's what's the uh, lifespan on your batteries? Um, right now, we we are seeing about three to five years, okay. which is about typical for um, the type of technology that we have. Okay. You're still shopping. No, no. I'm, 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 I'm asking questions that I know everybody has. The brown seat. Right. Exactly. The brown seat that looks like, I mean, yeah. you're sitting on essentially an old baseball glove. It looks amazing. How do I pitch this to my wife? Can you give me any tips? There will be no pitching. I'm not even, we're not going to a motorcycle. That. That's right. It's totally That's safe. Right. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, so at that point, at a five-year mark or say six-year mark, and the battery is kaput, you're just you install a new battery and keep moving. Correct. Okay. And right, hopefully, cool. within that three to five years, um, the cells get better, the technology gets better, it gets less expensive, um, you know, easier to to get. Yeah, uh, I'm going to shift over to the business model. Back over to that again. Mm -hmm. What what kind of uh, you created this thing out of transition from a corporate job into this. Have you gotten to the point where you're thinking about, okay, this, this company should be acquired or I should know this is for my great grandkids or how, how do how are you thinking in that, that way? Um, yeah. So it's been, uh, our path has not been the, the path that I expected it to be. Um, in my experience in brand and marketing, the agency life, corporate life, you're constantly fighting and working to continue to grow. Ours has been the opposite. We've had more demand than we can handle mm -hmm. um, from day one. So when mm -hmm. we set out, we thought if we could sell five to 10 bikes a month, we would be hugely successful. And, um, you know, that that was it. That's all I needed. And I could buy a bike and give my friends a bike and we'd all be happy, right? Yeah. Um, we launched in March and immediately sold 50 bikes. And then it kept going up and up. Um, we're to the point now where we even shut sales off on our site in order to manage the amount of traffic that we're getting and the amount of sales coming in because we know we can't meet demand mm. based on the market conditions and, mm. and the issues that we're having. Um, so one of the things that we have done is started thinking about taking on some investors that can come in and help us with cash flow issues that might help us get around some of the market hurdles, mm -hmm. buying bigger amounts of components in advance, um, staffing up and building more bikes before orders come in, things like mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. we are at that stage. We have been having a lot of great conversations. There's been a lot of interest, um, both from the investor um, potential. We've had customers asked to invest. So it's it's been an interesting process for us, but we're, we're really close to um, maybe having a nice potential relationship in place. Oh, that's really cool. 
I mean, is there anything that speaks more to quality and just the guts and the DNA of a company that you have customers who then say, not only do I want to drive this thing, I want to own the company. I want to be involved. That's huge. We enjoy that. That, uh, Pat on the back. Yes, for sure. For sure. How have you ever gone through any sort of acquisition or merger or anything like that before in a previous life? Not, not at this scale, you know, in the past with my agencies, you know, I've merged and gone through transitions like that, but um, it's very different at the scale of where we are right now. Uh, This is a, uh, this is kind of a heart question, but I'm just wildly curious. What does it feel like? I've never been through anything like that. And so I'm, I'm curious about that. You've never ridden a bike. We no, can take care of that. Not the take, feel, not oh, the bike. Oh, uh, okay. The uh, going through a round of funding. Um, you know, I I wish I could say. Yeah, I'll be honest. I wish I could say it's um, amazing and <laughs> joyful, and you can sit back and say, "Wow, I did this." But um, you know, that doesn't really cross my mind at all right now. I'm still thinking about when am I going to get frames for the 70 people in line, right? Um, When are batteries going to be released from port so they make Mm -hmm. it in and we can get them in bikes, right? So for me, I'm still focused on what we have to accomplish. Yeah. 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 I don't know if we'll be out of it for the next 12, 18, 20 months with the pandemic continuing and lockdowns happening and variants popping up, right? Right. There's a lot of work to do. so maybe when we get through all of it, I'll be able to look back and go, well, that was cool. But right yeah. now, so let's, let's keep working. I have a question about inside the shop. So you jumped into this because you had a passion and a dream for the way that you could meld the modern you know, capabilities of the battery with this vintage styling. You uh, are in the weeds fighting through this. What is it like in your shop? Like what kind of culture have you guys built? I mean, this is clearly a maker mentality that that people come here to put metal together or assemble things. But I would assume you're only doing this and grinding this hard because you really love the team that you've put together. Is that, I mean, and and probably why you have people interested in continuing to work or, you know, as you guys scale up, you probably won't have a hard time finding people. Has that been your experience? Yeah, you know, we've been fortunate where we sit in North Carolina, we're um, just south, about 10 minutes south of NASCAR country. So there's the NASCAR Technical Institute. Yeah, little plug for them. Uh Um, Very nice. And there's a a lot of exceptional um, technician talent in the market, engineering talent, um, fabrication, mechanical talent, um, which has been really great for us. And we do get a feeder from schools like that. And then there is a very large motorcycle community here. And, you know, my, um, my team is comprised of mostly 30 to 60 year olds who've been riding all of their life. Um, You know, they ride gas powered motorcycles in every day and it's what they're doing when they're not here. Right. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's a passion for them. And, you know, I've got a couple of guys that come in and tell me, they feel lucky to be able to work in a space like this where they can work on bikes all day. Um, you know, we have a program where they can work on their own bikes here so they can use our equipment and tools, put them on the lifts, clean them, change oil, do whatever they need to do. We have a fabrication shop set up here where we can weld, cut, bend, 
break, build things with metal. Um, and the guys can build sissy bars or, you awesome. know, components for their own, own vehicle. So it's been awesome. a, a very fun process building the team. That's cool. Well, what's, what's next on the horizon? Like if you, as you guys, you know, we've got Overlander, Stinger, Fury, Rebel. Is there something that you guys are cooking up in the back that you're like, oh, one day if we get a shot, we're going to we're gonna roll out something like this? So we've got some updates that we're going to be rolling out for the Overland, which is a new addition to our, our garage. Um, we've got some really interesting updates for that that are going to make it more B2B focused, industrial focused, which is super cool. exciting. Um, and then we have a, a new frame coming to life um, that we'll be launching to the market here probably within the next six to eight weeks um, that will jump in along with the Stinger and the Rebels. So we're, we're stoked about That's that. That's cool. Um, yeah. So this is kind of the, the part of the uh, podcast where we encourage people to plug their goods, but it doesn't sound like you actually need that. Yeah, it sounds like everybody's going on. More backlog. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, is in short, is this America be patient? Yes. Yes. We're coming. Please. We're getting there. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Just hang, hang with not us. just yeah. with us, right? So my plug is going to be for all small businesses, every small business, right? Yes. People are showing up every day sick. Their family members are sick. They're stressed. They're, they're still the showing up, right? Yeah. They're still helping. They're doing what they can. Like be patient with them. Give right. them some some grace and and you know think about the others. That's, yeah. that's a good word. Yeah, good message. Yeah. Brett, thank you so much for being on. This has been a lot just of fun. a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. I enjoyed it. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Can't wait to see your order come in for that ride. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, give me one. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, right. All the best. Yeah. All right. Take care. Cheers, All gentlemen. Right. Thanks. Thanks, Brett. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Brand Manual Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd be super grateful if you shared. You can find the other episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll see you next time on the Brand Manual Podcast.